Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to month number two of The Art of Kindness, the AOK. I cannot believe that we've already released a month's worth of episodes. Within that brief period of time, I've been able to connect with so many wonderful people and begin to form this little kindness community that I've dreamed of. Oh, audio hug. Now feels like a good time to give some credit to my low-key promoter and best friend forever, Lee Wolf. She is my unofficial PR person, literally telling everyone and their dogs to listen to this show. We got to hang out in our hometown this weekend, and every time we were talking to people in a group, she would just be like, Robert has a podcast! Like, it wasn't even casual. She just would shout that in the middle of a random conversation. But I appreciated it because then people were like, oh, I'm going to tune in. She is the most supportive person, which makes sense because her family is also the best. Shout out to Peg, Ed, Thomas, Ryan, and all the dogs. I've been lucky enough to know Lee since we were both in kindergarten together, where we could not tie our shoes for our life. (laughs) Honestly, we were the last ones in our class to learn, and let's be real, the only reason why we did eventually hunker down and tie those bunny ear loops together was because our teacher offered to give the class an ice cream party once everyone learned. Ice cream is the ultimate motivation. So thank you, Lee. And to everyone who has tuned in and supported our mission for being a friend, I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you are not already, please come join the party on Instagram at Art of Kindness Pod. If you are so inclined, I'd also really appreciate a review on here. Or if you just share this with your friends, like Lee is doing, you know, go outside and just shout, Art of Kindness Podcast! Listen to it! Because that's the best way for us to grow. Anyway, I just really appreciate you. This has been a totally new adventure for me, but one that I dove into heart first and have just been loving so much. Today's guest is a true testament to following your heart on new adventures. I'm so honored to have Kate Lumpkin on the AOK today. I'm a big theater nerd, if you haven't noticed already, and I knew from the moment I started this podcast that I wanted to chat with her. Fortunately for me, that dream came true, and full disclosure, it was one of the very first podcast interviews I recorded. I like to try to release things in line with what guests are promoting, etc., etc., so the calendar here was shifted, and it feels like I've been sitting on a pile of gold, in a way, with this interview. Kate Lumpkin is a New York City-based casting director in the Casting Society of America, She has put her Midas touch on over 40 TV film projects, including for Fox, and 80 theatrical productions, casting for theaters like the Kennedy Center, the ART, and recently the Broadway National Tour of Bandstand. Kate not only curates casts for stories, but communities for artists hustling to realize their dreams. She inspires up-and-comers as a teacher with workshops in New York, and also at numerous colleges and universities. She also serves as a private coach, so get on that. When she's not working in the arts, Kate is a passionate activist, always fighting for what's right, and also casually a social media star. 
Her social media presence is truly life-changing. I remember at one point in the pandemic, I was getting all these work emails from people saying, hi, I hope you're well, blah, blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> nothing is well right now, okay? Lo and behold, Kate had a post about it on her page with tons of options for what else you could say other than, I hope all is well, to start your email. I've been admiring Kate's work for quite some time, so it was an absolute privilege for me to get to speak with her. Of course, the day we recorded, some storms were brewing, and I was nervous that my internet connection would blow out. I candidly said this to Kate, and her response was, It's fine, my love. We can always reconnect. And if not, we'll do this another day. Her willingness and openness was so palpable. They say don't meet your heroes, but honestly, you should if it's Kate Lumpkin. We covered tons under the kindness umbrella in this conversation, and yet I still could have talked to her for hours. So I'm already dreaming of having her back. We also had a little vibe sesh at the end where we went off about cookies and Disney, so please don't mind us. Like, I didn't want to leave the Zoom meeting. I need a pocket-sized version of her at all times to guide me through life. I just know you're going to leave this episode walking on air. So without further ado, please welcome the incredibly kind Kate Lumpkin. I'm good, thanks. I cannot even tell you how excited I am right now to talk to you. We're doing it. We're doing it. Look at your like candle. You've got this like serene, beautiful. I tried. Come on. (laughs) I felt like your aesthetic is so on point always. Like your social media. (laughs) Look at your background. Like you have such beautiful taste that I was like, I need to light a candle or something. Okay, but here's the tea, my love. The truth is, wait, can you see my laundry pile? Oh, you can't see it because of my chair. There's like a (laughs) massive pile of laundry on my bed. Oh, wow. I am so glad I'm not alone. Here's the thing. It's like, thank you for saying that. But also the reality of everything is just because your bookshelf looks nice doesn't mean there isn't laundry on the floor. Like So true. I want to put that on a bookmark or something. I'm literally like, <laughs> Do it. I, I feel Do that it. so bad. I like put on a sweater, but I'm also wearing joggers, like shorts. As you freaking should. <laughs> but we all deserve something nice to look at after this crazy year, I feel like. So I appreciate Everything you put out there is like so crisp and beautiful. Right off the bat, I would just love to know, how are you at taking compliments? I feel like I've already given you a bunch, so I should have asked that first. I'm getting I'm getting better at it. I am not great at it, but I talk a lot about how important it is. So I really, anything that I talk about, I try to internalize. I think I've gotten a lot better at it as I've become more um, in touch with like my power and how I feel about myself. It becomes a lot easier to hear when people say kind things about me externally when I say mm-hmm. kind things to myself. But I still struggle with saying kind things to myself. So mm-hmm. it, it honestly depends on the day. Why do you ask? I feel you. I mean, that's me at like the stage door. It's like people will say nice things and you're just like turning red and you're like, thank you, I gotta go. I wanted to ask you because I'm gonna give you a compliment right now. So whether you are ready or not, I had it teed Here up. Here you come. But I just, I like to start these out. And this is one of my first, by the way. So I'm extra pumped to have you. 
for this little kindness experiment we're doing. But I, yeah, I wanted to ask you because I, I don't know how to like say it without it coming off not as genuine as I mean it, but I just think you are such a remarkable human. You are literally to me, the epitome of what we need more of in this industry, just the essence of you and everything you do. Not only are you incredible at your job and what you do, but you don't, you don't abuse your power. You seem to use your power to spread kindness and truly just like help everyone achieve their dreams and lift them up from your epic, you know, social media presence, as I've already mentioned, to your coaching and your, the communities that you've, you know, cultivated and created. Um, what I hear about you through my mutual friends that, that know you. You are just a stellar person. So thank you for being that way and making our industry that way because we need it now more than ever. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you listening to this podcast, what you couldn't see is my really uncomfortable body language as I was taking that compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I tried not to take it in. I'm like, I'm just going to steamroll this in, get it out of the way. No, thank you. It's like, no matter how someone reacts to a compliment like that, or at least I can speak for me, like, thank you. I hear you. I'm so grateful. It is... Um, really nice to hear that, especially because a lot of things that you're talking about, and I think a lot of things that have to do with kindness in general, don't necessarily equate to um, compensation or to um, like professional growth or Mm -hmm. to direct correlation, at least in the moment, right? I think those things happen over time and reputation and all the things, but um, sometimes I feel like I'm screaming into a void. And so it's Mm -hmm. very nice to hear that I'm not, that it's like landing somewhere and resonating with people. So that's really generous. Thank okay, you. It is landing all over. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's all incredible what you do. And it's, it's crazy in our industry too. I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes when you do lead with kindness and you make sure to, even on those hard days, just try and treat everyone with kindness. A lot of the time people don't like totally trust it. It's gotten oh, to yeah. the point where people are like, this, this isn't real. And you're like, no, I genuinely like, I thank you so much. And they're like, you're just trying to, you know, get something, whatever. So uh, we need to undo that. We need to break this down. I mean, it's taken, I've been doing like the social media stuff for about, I mean, like the way that I, mm, this version of social media, because I mean, we all started social media when we were younger, right? But like (laughs) actively trying to utilize social media as a tool for good. I've been doing that for about seven years. And for the first like three years, the kinds of comments I would get were exactly what you're talking about. Like, this can't be real. I mean, I would meet people at parties and they're like, oh, I'm surprised you're actually like, like who you are online. Like, I thought that was an act kind of thing. And I was like, no, y'all like, (laughs) you don't have to be a jerk in this industry. You don't have to be like, you can lead with goodness. And, you know, Sondheim always says like kind is different than good. Right. And like Mm. all the things. And I think there's this kind of implication that kindness is false and goodness is true. And I understand that, but no matter what, I think we are seeing more and more. And I think it's really been brought to the forefront in this past year that like, you don't need to be an asshole to protect yourself. You don't need to be an asshole to get what you want. You can actually achieve great things and grow as a professional and feel protected and feel, um, you know, not constantly uh, abused in any way and still lead with goodness and kindness. Like that is something you can do in an industry that has not promoted that or praised that in decades and decades and decades, right? Because the people in power don't want you to know that. They want to be able to stay 
assholes and controlling and do these things. Mm. Um, and if we teach that there is something else that can work, then they don't get to act like that anymore. Mm. Um, and so I don't care if people think it's fake. I'm going to keep doing it because it's important for people to see it. <laughs> She's not a catfish, everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, listen, like all of social media is also fake, right? It's all curated, right? True, we were talking true. about the laundry pile on the floor. Like, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. Um, there's a level of frosting is what I like to call it on Ooh. all of the things. It's totally okay. stolen from um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, that like okay. awful movie where she's like, frost yourself. <laughs> um, but you know, at the end of the day, like the heart is true, you know? Mm. I could, yeah, I could not agree more. And it's such a paradox because if we're in this industry working or even just mm-hmm. trying to work, you're living your dream. You're trying to live your dream. It's about your dream. Storytelling is like the ultimate privilege because it's what connects us. And so the fact that some people just aren't kind like blows my mind because I'm like, what are you doing here? But this is the this is the tricky thing, right? Because at the end of the day, yes, the root of what we do is connected to storytelling and dreams and folklore and community. But mm. we're also in a commercial industry. It is a business at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So there's this real like tug, a real juxtaposition of coin being the de- the you know the deciding factor and heart being at the root. And so often, I mean, we live in a capitalist society, right? The coin is going mm-hmm. to win. And when we see the people who have that money in power, um, a lot of times how they've gotten that money or how they keep control of that money is through the way that they run business. And in this country, business has been modeled as like aggressivity, right? Mm. Um, It's like heteronormative masculinity, uh, wolf of Wall Street, like that's (laughs) business. That I think in especially the commercial institution of Broadway has been the deciding factor since the 70s. Um, and so the heart hasn't really won in that commercial space. And what's happening in the commercial space is what's taught on a collegiate level, is what's trickled down into a high school level, is what's trickled mm-hmm. down to elementary school. And so we're mm-hmm. teaching artists now from a young age, like positivity ain't it. Like it's hustle, mm-hmm. it's fight, it's words that feel like aggression mm-hmm. um, to get where you want to go. And we're losing, I think, the kind of genuine why of why we do this, of mm-hmm. why people want to do this. Yeah. And it's all, that was so beautifully put. And that's why I'm so glad you're teaching the people coming up now, because for me, I feel like I'm constantly striving not to go backward, but to find the joy from when I was a child and I wasn't worried about the business. There is this internal drive too with people of like, I want to do this art. I want to make art and I want to do it because I love it. But Mm. also (laughs) I'd really like for it to help, you know, me live. Yes, Um, It's my job. And so Mm. that's something that I'm just trying so desperately to figure out for myself, but also Mm. like in, for all of us through conversations is like, how do we balance the, those two things and how do we allow ourselves as people to know when we're doing business and to know when we're making art. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those things correlate and sometimes they just do not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, how do we allow that? Because our art is personal and often our business isn't, you Mm -hmm. know? And so how do we bring that personal into the business while still being protected and being kind and generous and all that? Yes. Everyone deserves to be paid for their art because they they are worth it. I can tell if you that's why they're making their art. If that's why, yes. and some people yes. are not making their art to try to get paid. So if they're trying to, though, they deserve to be paid for it. Yes, I totally agree. I think it's something I've just never expected. Like the first time I, <laughs> I booked a commercial, I threw the check away because I thought it was fake. What? And then I got like my agreement from SAG, whatever, and I was like, ah, I had to like run through the trash. So it's always like something that 
just blows my mind. But I think we've touched on it a little bit. I, I really want to get your definition of kindness, if you wouldn't mind sharing what you think that word really means. I think kindness means listening with empathy. I think I got the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that things that people don't do very frequently are listen more than they speak and they don't actually try to consider how the other person that they're talking to got where they are. Mm. Um, because everybody got where they are because of so many things, 90% of which they couldn't control. Right. Um, and so kindness to me is when you just take the time to listen more than you speak and mm. consider the journey that got that person where they are. Um, and I don't think kindness has to be like a gesture. I don't think kindness looks like anything in particular. I think kindness can be a feeling. It can be a gesture. It can be um, just like the simple act of sitting next to somebody. But I don't consider it kindness if it isn't uh, coming from a place of empathy. Mm. I love that so much. Was that something you think started as a child? You know, were there people that you feel like you learn kindness from, almost mentors of kindness that you tried to emulate? Hmm. I mean, yes and no. Like, I feel like kindness is something that has been a practice that I've had to, like, consider as an adult. For I don't think kindness was something I considered when I was younger, right? I do think I'm very lucky. I have two very lovely parents um, who instilled a lot of that empathy in me and a lot of question asking and like curiosity. Um, and, um, you know, we talked about a lot of things that lead to a lot of unkindness in this world. Um, but I don't think anyone ever sat me down and was like, let's talk about kindness. Like, <laughs> Um, I mean, I think there was a lot of until right now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, truly, I don't think we have been having conversations about kindness mm -hmm. genuinely. Um, but I do think I saw a lot of it in like children's literature and media as a child, right? Like, I think Sesame Street probably taught me a lot about kindness and goodness. Um, Elmo is supposed to be the manifestation of kindness. I loved Elmo, right? So, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like as an adult, um, I had a lot of people who were. Um, very unkind to me in certain circumstances. And I was, in turn, I taught myself how to be unkind to myself. Mm. Um, and so I think in the last like five or six years, I've done a lot of unlearning of how to um, be kind to myself and how to treat myself <laughs> like a person. Oh. Um, and mm. uh, in doing so, that has made me like reflect on how we talk to other people and mm -hmm. what that looks like and how we treat people and considering their journey, which again, I think I was doing naturally because of things that were taught to us as youth. But like when you step back and you really think about it, I think there's like a seismic shift, especially on how you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's so important. I can so relate to that. And I'm so sorry that you had people that weren't kind to you, but I'm glad that it brought you here to where you are. And we all have people who are unkind to us, right? Like, and we do. <laughs> you're like, mm -hmm, yes, we absolutely. Do. Sometimes it's ourselves. <laughs> I would love to know what are some of the ways that you untrain that and, and take care of yourself today, you know, especially for people listening, if you have any tidbits for self-care and, and keeping yourself in a, a positive mindset. I mean, it's a struggle, right? Like it's a daily struggle. I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I figured it out. Like I am mm -hmm. kind and good and generous to myself. But no, I, I 
um, I mean, I'm pretty vocal about this on social media. Like I, um, I have depression and I have severe anxiety mm-hmm. and those are things that I know a lot of people have, um, and I'm navigating daily. Right. So I love therapy. Ooh, chef's kiss mm-hmm. to therapy. I think if you are um, in a position where you feel like you want to talk to someone, you absolutely should find a way to do that. Um, so therapy is definitely some self-care practice for me. Um, I have always like struggled with things like meditation and, mm-hmm. uh, things that consume long periods of time, just cause I also have ADHD. Hey, um, <laughs> I feel you like, hello. So at the end of the day, um, I had this beautiful human teach me this practice of like, Hey, meditation looks like a lot of things, not just long periods of yoga. So she said to me, um, you know, when you're in the shower and you just like kind of pause, your brain goes away for a second and the hot water just feels so good on your neck. She's like, try to stay in that for like 40 more seconds. That's Mm. meditation. Right. Mm. And I was like, "Ah." um, so I try to savor those moments, like like rhythmic stirring when you're making food um, and you just kind of fall into a rhythm or when you're walking and you're like right in the beat of this like bop that you're listening to and Mm -hmm. you just check out. Um, I try to find those like moments of meditation. I try to practice giving myself the freedom to eat when I need to eat and rest when I need to rest, Mm -hmm. um, which have been a struggle for me. I don't know about you, but... Oh, the sleep train. Kate, <laughs> it has been up and down. It, yeah, that, that stuff is tough. And the hardest on learning for me has been the, the idea of like the term laziness. I was really mm-hmm. taught as a child, like, don't be lazy. Like, mm-hmm. use your time wisely, right? Like, all of these things um, that this past year was hella hard to, like, not have work and the like culture of the hustle of New York city. Mm -hmm. And anytime I found myself just sitting, I was so unkind, so unkind to myself saying like, Mm -hmm. you're lazy, you're a waste. If you're not helping somebody, what are you even doing here? Like all of these things. And so actually I feel like COVID was this incredible period of time, um, to reflect on like laziness is a societal construct. Like the idea of laziness is is not real. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you need to sit and watch a TV show and not, you know, do something that's making you money, that's okay. Like you're mm-hmm. allowed to do that. Um, and that's been kind of a, a practice. Yeah. I've been giving myself permission to like embroider just for fun, not for money, <laughs> yes. not for money, but like to be creative just for me. Mm. Um, that's been a new thing too. Cause and that's kind of a me, meditation and embroidery. Like when you're in the oh, zone, absolutely. just doing that. But like also unknitting creativity from consumerism has been a huge self-care practice too. Wow. Like like you're allowed to be creative, not for money. Mm-hmm. You're worth a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know you're on there now. You're killing it on there. That's why I, I joined TikTok. I was like, what is this? And then I, I hopped on at the beginning of quarantine and I just did a silly video. And it has kept my creative juices just like flowing throughout this like dry spell. Um, it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And like it can lead to cool things. It could lead to money. But at the end of the day, like any practice that you have where you get to be creative and mm-hmm. the idea is not to do it for coin or that like your self-worth is not attached to how much money comes from it. Um, that is an act of kindness to yourself, like mm-hmm. letting your brain 
just have fun. Even if that fun is like what I do, which is like giving people advice. Um, that's fun for me, right? Like it's knowledge that I can share that I wish I had known and I have fun making it. I have fun getting dressed for them and like (laughs) being the light. Like it's all fun. So that I think is also kindness, self-care, like Mm. doing things without the fear of someone saying no to you. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting. Yes. Approaching. That's what I'm trying to do with like self tapes and everything right now, especially when I'm, (laughs) you're in the space where everything's going on and quarantine has just given me so much self tape anxiety. And I have these like judges on my shoulder now and you're like, no, just try to approach everything with fun. doesn't matter if you get the job, doesn't matter if the self tape, you know, looks really good. If you had fun playing that part, then that's, that's what life's about. You know, the reason I ask you, is that anxiety different? (laughs) (laughs) Is that anxiety different from when you are in the audition room? It's definitely been mixed in with quarantine and everything going on. I think just being in the same space where I film and even now having like a ring light and all these things that make it so much easier, it's like setting it up and then it it kind of moving and like because of the the light I get overexposed. Yeah. It's all that little stuff that sometimes clouds the just the ability to have fun doing what you love. So I think quarantine for me personally, not to rant, has has definitely made that worse and you know, in the room, sometimes you you find your groove in the room. I finally had found my stride. I felt like before COVID, I love just bouncing off people's energy in person. And yeah. so that that's, you know, been such a loss right now. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm working on it. I'm hoping it'll, it'll go away. <laughs> it's also different. Well, I would imagine it's different for me. I know we're doing different things in that audition room for sure, but both of us mm-hmm. are working in that space, right? Like both of us yes. have other people who are depending on the work that we do in that space. Um, the hardest part for me about doing the job from home is that like, you can't shut the door on it. Like mm. when we both exit Pearl 1211, like, you know, like we shut studio 1211 and we're done for the day and we get on the train, yes. like whether you're leaving your audition or I'm leaving a nine hour day, mm-hmm. that door shuts and we say goodbye Pearl studios. And like, we get on yes. the elevator and go home and then home is the release home is where we say like, well, that was a shitty day. Didn't mm-hmm. we didn't do it. Or like, Whoa, what an amazing day. Like I'm going to put my feet up. <laughs> like we did it. Yeah. And now like I'm coming to you live from my bedroom. That's where my office is now in my 600 square foot apartment, you know? Yes. And so if we have a shitty day here, it becomes really challenging to go one foot to my right and get in my bed and find the release. That, mm-hmm. That's been hard, especially I would imagine. I mean, I'm making self tapes, but for different kinds of things. Um, it's just a challenge to like be working and to be creative in a space where then you can't just shut the door if it's not going the way you want it to. That's, that's hard. So true. It's so true. I've been trying to, this might sound silly. I have this space where I always do the self tapes. I pop up my backdrop, put on my ring light. It's like right in the middle of my living room ish. And I've just been like going to that space and like smiling or like playing Dolly Parton music. I don't know, doing something happy because it's, it is a muscle memory too. And once you get caught in that, and like you said, you can't just close the door. You know, it can turn into a big monster. It's not silly. I also don't do that to yourself. Don't, yeah. don't uh, try to like qualitate, quantitate, qualify the practicing silly. Because if we think about you get into a rhythm and a routine, you know, when you're going to a studio space, okay, I am walking into a professional space now. I, I'm sure you have rules. You have for lack of a better term, an armor that you put on before you go there to like mm-hmm. navigate your own emotional core. I sure do. Like yeah. I know what I'm going to expect when I walk into the, one of those spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anything that you can do to make that practice 
in your own home, Lord, <laughs> like to make it more comfortable and more enjoyable and silly. Like that's really talk about self-care. That's, that's it. That's yeah. smart. And, more importantly, uh, what Dolly Parton song are you listening to? My love. All of them. Come uh, on. We down. I know. I'm like, come on. Here we go. Depends on the audition. I did reach out to her to come on this. Hey, Dolly, please do. Dolly, say yes. <laughs> Dolly, please join us. She's oh, she is a beacon of light. Yes. She so is. And shout out to all the people that help us with these self tapes and everything that are in the room with us as well when we're fighting it. One of my favorite ways to show love to my fiance Cassie is to bring her coffee in bed. I brew up some super coffee, our favorite, pour a piping mug, and take it to her. She always cheers with excitement when I walk in. There's really nothing like cozying up with coffee in the morning. I love recommending super coffee because it's made with kindness. The ingredients are good for you and the taste is unparalleled. In fact, it's the number three bottled coffee brand in the US behind Starbucks and Dunkin'. That's a big deal. To take it a step further, I would say Kindness runs on Super Coffee. As a company, they put wellness first and recently launched an Add Something Positive campaign to bring positive energy and happiness to these crazy times. Check out their hashtag on TikTok. Just when I thought I couldn't love them more, my friends at Super Coffee worked out an exclusive deal for the Art of Kindness podcast listeners. That's you. Receive 25% off your entire first purchase at drinksupercoffee.com slash A-OK. Then use code AOK25 at checkout. That's AOK25. I always recommend trying one of their variety packs to start, but you really can't go wrong. Enjoy. I want to really talk about the community you created and that was really thriving during this time, the No Marking Society. Obsessed with it. You know, aesthetically, it was beautiful. It was so educational. You know, everyone at home, when you're listening, look it up. But it's really like an artist's best friend, I would say, in a way. It encourages everyone that there's a seat at the table for them through education and and coaching and all these beautiful free sessions that she was offering during quarantine with a lot of amazing people. Can you just tell me how that came to be? Yeah. Um, So I was in um, L.A. when... Broadway like shut down. I was in LA. I was in final callbacks for a show called Afterglow. We were doing an LA production. I was with the creative team. We were supposed to go to Disneyland the next day, literally. (gasps) And Disneyland announced that it was closing on the same day that Broadway announced it was closing. And Mm. the executive producer of Afterglow was like, we got to go home right now. So literally (laughs) we finished final callbacks. I sent out offers like from the studio and we rented a car, went to LAX and got on a flight back to New York. And then like the next day they shut everything down. Um, But what's really interesting, the reason I tell you this is because when I saw everything was shutting down, I immediately knew the first thing that people were going to lose was classes and connection and like the feeling of connectedness. Um, and so I posted a Facebook status from the LAX like um, waiting area before we got on the plane that was like, hey, if I were to start like putting some classes online, would anybody be interested? And when the plane landed and I turned my phone on, there were like a hundred comments on this post. And I was like, okay, this is legit. (laughs) So I like literally two days later, I had created the website. I had built the Facebook group. I had built all of the kind of like branding stuff. And I had reached out to everybody I knew saying, who wants to teach a free class? Like we got to do something. We got to help people. So I ran that whole thing by myself. I built all of the images, like all of the stuff um, and was doing it And I was doing two classes seven days a week for free for five months. And it was the most like 
empowering, exciting. We had 10,000 members in that Facebook group in mm-hmm. like under four weeks. Um, I built that website, the archive, which now has like 300 free classes still available to anybody who wants them. They live on there. But after five months of doing that every day, I was so completely burnt out um, mm-hmm. that I had like a full breakdown in my apartment. My sweet, sweet partner, love him, was like, my angel, you have to stop this. Like you can't mm-hmm. do this alone anymore. Um, and also I was asking people to teach for free. And five months into this moment, I was like, I cannot keep doing that. Like this is mm-hmm. people's livelihoods. These, these classes are what people are getting paid for outside of this. We have to honor that the world has changed. Like this is no lot. I thought this project was going to be like a month, right? Like everyone's uh-huh. like, it's just an omission. You know, 16 <laughs> months later, here we are. Uh-huh. We're on that long line for the bathroom for a long time. Honey, this intermission just keeps going. Like what's going on? But you know, five months into it, I, I really, I felt like such a failure. That's why I want to say this mm-hmm. is that like, when I had to step away from doing that every day, I felt like the biggest failure. I thought, how has Playbill not come to me and said, you should do this on our platform and we'll sponsor you and like pay you. I thought, how has no corporate sponsor come and said like, this is important. How has no other person come to me and said, like, I want to run this with you? Like, I am a failure. This is a failure. And I Mm -hmm. couldn't be kind to myself and say, wait a minute. You just ran a free program seven days a week for 10,000 people for five months. And all of the information lives on. Like, I couldn't hear any of that. All I heard was, Mm -hmm. you're a failure. You can't do this. You don't have enough energy and stamina to push through. Get it together, Lumpkin. Like, just keep going. Even if it's not as quality as it was, it's better to have something than have nothing. You're letting everybody down. I mean, this was like what I was hearing in my brain. You're letting everybody down by not That's doing awful. But it's like, I still, if I'm being really honest, like I still feel that way. I'm letting everybody down. Like people still bring it up and how amazing it was. And I'm like, oh, why couldn't you just keep it going? And that to me, like, I would love if Playbill came to me tomorrow and said, will you do no marking on Playbill? I would make it my whole life. Like mm. I would step away from casting entirely and I would just create free educational resources for everyone across the country. That's my ideal life. So Playbill, if you're wow. listening, are you ready? Let's go. Let's bring no marking to the masses. You can name it whatever you want. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. But I say all of this to say, if you make something and people like it, and you need to step away from it because it is not serving your mental health or wellness. You are not a failure. You are mm-hmm. not a failure for choosing your wellness. And it took me a long time. I'm still working through that. But when you make something that works and you still need to step away, um, that's okay. Like, that's okay. Yes. Um, and it also doesn't mean you can't pick it up again. I guarantee you if tomorrow I was like, no, marking is bad. Let's go. People <laughs> show up again. You know what yes. I mean? So yeah, I'm really glad it resonated with you. I'm so happy that it was something yeah. that you enjoyed. It was not a failure. I can tell you that. <laughs> I know so many people that it, you helped people come out of this fog and, and pass the time in such an amazing way. It was so important. I, I know what you're talking about. It's so hard, especially when you're in service of others. To, to stop and, you know, be of service to yourself, but it's a, le- it's a journey. We we're never going to get rid of those thoughts in our head, but we can observe them and like, just watch them walk away. You know, they're going to come. It's fighting it. that That's hard. So I think that's brilliant. What you said, it's recognizing when it's time to just take a step back and put it in park for, for just a beat. But I, I, I brought it up 
hopefully not to like bring those feelings back, but no, just to no, let no. you know, it was, I, I was in awe of it. I mean, it was like, it was as if, first of all, as if it was planned for years. I mean, these graphics <laughs> she <laughs> no, made. <one> <laughs> it's beautiful. Look at that. I want to go on that plane. So just thank you for that. And everyone go check out those archives because they, they're just beyond helpful. Or just go to her TikTok or her Instagram. I mean, you are, it's such a gift every time you post. I mean, I know you said that's fun for you. What, what, what made you start to do that? Was it like a similar inception? Just wanting to be of service and, and give these free resources? Yeah. I mean, I started doing, like really started sharing information like that through a thing that I did called Office Hours, which started about five years ago, where every Sunday I went live on Facebook and Instagram and just took industry questions. And there's actually a podcast. There are like 35 episodes, hour-long episodes of Office Hours in, in online that you can find. Um, there are older episodes, but most of the information still holds up. So they exist. But what I realized through that, the reason I started that is because when I was an actor, there was absolutely no business training at all when I was a kid. Mm. I started this when I was eight. I started acting when I was eight. Um, and I went to school for it and I went to every camp for it. And everyone mm. taught me Meisner technique and like taught me where to put my soft palette. But like nobody talked to me about how to sign up for an audition. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked to me about like what websites needed to look like. And I realized more and more that more people kept coming to New York and to different cities and they still didn't have that information. They would have a BFA from a college and they would have no idea how to send an email to a casting director. In fact, they were told they shouldn't communicate with casting directors. They should just feel lucky to be in the room and take whatever time they were given. And if they didn't get the side, well, then they needed to figure it out for themselves. All of that is bullshit. Like, yeah. It's just not true in 2021. Um, and so some of the questions that I was getting consistently during those office hours, when I, P.S., I started office hours when I was a casting assistant. Like I was, I was, this sounds terrible. I'm still not like someone famous by any means, but like this was before I had my own office. This was before I like, you know, had been doing the kind of level of work I was doing, but people yeah. needed it so badly that they were like, oh my God, someone's going to help us for free. And when I started kind of rising in the the um, the ranks, and by that I mean just like getting bigger projects and being able to learn more myself, pay for play started to piss me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pay for play is highly problematic. If someone's going to pay for my time, we're going to really sit down and communicate and figure out what they're doing and work through it. Hmm. I think our current structure of pay for play is highly problematic. So I wanted to do something to disrupt it. And Hmm. I wanted to try to give everybody, whether they had an additional $500 to spend on a quote unquote workshop or not, I wanted to give them information that could be of service to them. And I think education should be free. I think education should be a free resource so that we have an equitable playing field. Um, And if you have that information, I think you're being selfish if you sit on it. Um, And I still think there are ways to make money that don't involve withholding information from people that should be available to them. Mm, I totally agree. And we see in in other places, they they do have these systems set up for free education. It's it's not like it's an impossible thing, but it's so appreciated that that you've done that. And because you leave with kindness, you're changing everyone's life, whether you know it or not, and whether you see them or whether they just watch your video. Has there ever been a stranger or a random act of kindness that's truly changed your life? Oh my God. I mean, first of all, the most obvious answer to that is there are so many strangers and moments that you have no clue where people are speaking your name in rooms that you're not in or, you know, just random 
things, occurrences, people that you meet that fundamentally change everything. Um, and that to me, I think is like very exciting that you just have no idea what's coming next. Cause you don't terrifying too, terrifying, but also mm-hmm. very exciting that you have no idea what random act of kindness someone is doing in another space. Um, yeah, yes. This is probably not the answer that you were thinking, but, um, That's okay. when I, I lived in Bloomington, Indiana, I went back to school at IU and I got a degree in anthropology and folklore. And when I was studying there, I had made a friend uh, and she was significantly older than I was. She was probably, you know, 15 years older than I was at the time. She was a social worker, very wise. Mm. <laughs> and um, I I did something where it was a, a habit of mine. Um, and when something got complicated, instead of actually talking about it, I would just write the person off and like avoid them, stop texting, like if something got complicated, my answer was to run away and to Mm. pretend like it wasn't. And like the act of kindness, she sat me down. She, she wrote me and said, we need to talk about this. And I'll never forget it. We sat at a bagel restaurant and she said, I need you to know, like our friendship is, is done. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing this game anymore, but like, this is not acceptable behavior. You have to be able to have difficult conversations if something is going wrong, running away from the problem is like not it. There are definitely situations where where getting out is it. There are Mm -hmm. definitely situations where it is important to get out. So she said like, don't mishear me. But when it's something as simple as admitting you were wrong to a friend, you have to face it. You have to talk to people. It is kindness to have those mm-hmm. conversations. And that was a, like a very random act of deep, deep kindness because that conversation completely transformed my life. No one had ever wow. told me that. No one had ever, I'd never seen a repercussion for like not having the difficult conversation, which definitely shows my privilege on a, a huge grand scale. I honor that. But mm-hmm. by having that conversation with her, which was such a gift, everything changed in my entire life. Everything. Every wow. single moment from that conversation was different after than I was before. That's amazing that she does sound like a wise person that she could pick up on that from you and sit you down. And what a generous act to Huge. truly do and that. She, and the friendship was done. Like we have not spoken since that day. Wow. Um, she was also generous to herself by saying like, I'm done here. I will mm. say my piece, but now I'm done here. Um, mm. And like, I hope she's very well because she completely changed my life. <laughs> wow. Um, completely changed my whole life. Yeah. And she was honoring you and she knew at your core, you had a great heart. Otherwise she probably wouldn't have even said that. That's incredible. I've kind of already complimented you about this a million times, but as a casting director, it makes all the difference for people walking into the room when they know the person on the other side of the table is truly rooting for them. I hope that's always the case, but it doesn't always come across. I guess without having to get like too personal, have there been situations in the room where it's been really hard to like approach a situation with kindness? And how do you navigate those situations? I mean, very rarely. I mean, the reason that like I wanted to be a casting director is because as an actor for so long, I felt exactly how you were saying. Like I would walk into the space and not know anything about the person in that room. 
I felt very unseen and unvalued. And so I was like, fuck this, like, let's break the system and let's change it. Like, I'll be really open. Like, that's why I don't have a Kate Lumpkin casting Instagram. Like I have Kate Lumpkin. So like, get to know me. Like, so that when you walk into that room, you know who I am. Like, it's not separate from my business. Like I am who I say I am. And this is what you're going to get, right? Like you get to, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Like that's (laughs) what it is. Um, Yes. Cause there are people that are, you walk in there eating their lunch, they're on the phone, you know, every scenario you could see in a movie or TV show has happened to somebody in an audition room for real. So it makes all the difference. And here's the thing though, I will say, I'm not trying to defend anybody's actions Mm -hmm. and however you feel about them, you feel, and that's real and valid. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I do want to just put into the universe is that like anyone in that room that you walk into is in a room with no windows for nine hours. Yes. And they are also running businesses outside of that room. They're working on multiple things. They have children, they have partners, they have ill parents, they have bank accounts that are dwindling. Like they are also people who need to eat, who need fuel to be able to listen to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And do I think it's wildly rude to eat a salad during someone's song? Absolutely. Don't do that. Like don't answer a phone call while someone is reading their sides. Like, yes, there's human decency. But I think also this like notion of like, oh, anyone in that room, they were like, eating. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we've been in there for seven hours. Like yes. I need a snack, you know, <laughs> like my yes. blood sugar is low. Right. So if we can, I, I like to say like honor the humanity of the space. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that room is a person. There are no robots in there yeah. and people do what they need to do to protect themselves, to get through their work day as well. So some people are going to be really warm and engaging and some people to protect themselves, they can't give that kind of energy. They don't mm-hmm. have it. Some people in that room are introverts. They're not actors. They are introverts who are doing yes. this work. So to have the expectation that everyone is going to be warm and bubbly and totally focused is is an unrealistic expectation of humanity mm. in the moment. So I just want to put that into the universe. However, so there are definitely people who who need to like get it together as well. I honor that reality. <laughs> um, Nobody's perfect. Everybody has bad days. Right? Like everybody's yeah. human. But to answer specifically your question, it's very rare when I feel like I can't meet someone where they are energetically, like, and and meet them where they are. I am an empath through and through, honey. Mm. I feel what you feel. I I feel what you need. Um, it's what, what made me a gift. good vice actor. Like, I can yeah. feel it. I can listen to it and the subtlety. Um, it gets challenging when I can feel that someone doesn't really want to be there. That like, this isn't what they want to be doing, Mm. Um, that they don't want to be in the space for this audition. They don't want to be in the space, period. They don't want to be an actor anymore. Like those feelings come across very genuinely. Like you can feel that energy very quickly. Mm. And in those moments, I try to give as much as I can to that person. Um, But sometimes I just want to look at them and be like, my love, why are you here? Mm. Like, what are you getting out of this moment? Is this still something that you want to be doing? Or is this just like what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um, that's often the hardest for me is you can, you can feel that very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And that is like a challenge because I'm a people pleaser and no. I want people to be happy, <laughs> right? Like, I know, I know. But it's like we were saying before, you know, it's okay if you're an actor or whatever you are to feel like you're burnt out and you need to take a break. It's okay to step mm-hmm. down. So many people do. So recognizing that too is is important. But overall, you know, what you do is so amazing because you pair it with the wellness. And that's another thing they, I think they're starting to, but they really need to teach in these schools how to mentally take care of yourself. 
And that's why everyone needs to, to check out Kate's coaching. But to honor Kate's time, because I don't want to take up too much more of it, but I will. I'm like, Can I'm we- here. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Laundry? No. Can we play? <laughs> Do you mind if we play like a fun little game? Ah, okay. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the A. Okay. It's the compliment. Compliment, compliment, compliment game. Bump. <laughs> in, a, in a non-creepy way, I reached out to some people that know you. Oh my God. To tell me what they love most about you. So this is a game of compliments and even the questions I guess are like little prizes in a way. So I'm going to read you a compliment from someone in your life and you have to try and guess who said it. Oh my God, I'm beet red. First of all, ah! friends who can't see me, I am the color of a raspberry right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> guess who said this compliment? Yes. Is that cool? Oh my God. Yes. I'm just, I'm going to be sad if I get them totally wrong. You might, you might like Veruca Salt, like just like keep getting redder and redder and then explode, but... It's going to be fun and we'll get started. Okay. Oh God. Okay. So the first one I have here is, this one might be a little bit harder, (laughs) but we'll start, we'll start off hard and then we'll go down the mountain together. The first time I arrived at an appointment for a project Kate was casting, I was shook by how safe and chill she made me feel. She's the kind of person who welcomes you into a space with respect and warmth which in turn gives you the room to develop and discover and create with abandon. Now, obviously this is an actor. This is a performer, which might be incredibly hard for you to narrow down. Uh, So I can give you a hint if you want. I would love a hint. Okay. Bandstand. Worked with me or was in that show? So you cast them in that show. Oh my gosh. Um, Is it Jen? No, but I love Jen. I did a show with her when I was little. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I love everybody in that show. Oh my God. I lo- that is one of my favorite casts I've ever put together in my life. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Roxy? <laughs> no, this one. This one's hard. I was nervous. I was still going to read it to you, but I knew it would be hard to guess as a casting director. I did um, one more shot. One more shot. Yeah, we'll give you one more oh shot. Oh my gosh. Was it Zach? No. Damn. <laughs> no. The answer is Shawnice. Shawnice Alexander. Oh, oh my yes. God. I, oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. Yes. I, I, the, the epitome of a star. Mm-hmm. Shawnice Alexander. Everyone go look her up. Oh, my. She is just the best. She's She is a good friend. She was shook by the environment I created. You want to see someone who was shook was me sitting there, <laughs> like, witnessing her greatness. So talented. So like, unbelievably talented. Stupid talented mm-hmm. and just generous and has one of the most creative minds. The work that she's doing now, like, the mm-hmm. work that she's doing for justice and equity, also just, like, her Instagram, the aesthetics. Like- Both of you, t- give me your filters. I'm like, <laughs> these people are creative on all levels. It's so rare that you have both parts of the brain that are like, can work together. Okay, I have one more. If you're okay. down, we'll move from a queen to a king. Mm. <laughs> this one this one is a little easier, I think, possibly. Okay. I'm going to move my paper here so I can see your face turn red. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it's like it's like kindness uh sadism is it I don't know okay I don't even know what that means I'm gonna read it now okay Kate is brilliant gracious thoughtful and above all kind 
Her kindness is never in service of her own goals or achievement, but because of her genuine respect, compassion, empathy, and interest in the lives of others. Knowing her is a gift, and she is graciously sharing that gift with the world every day by using her platforms to advocate for others, to educate, and to offer positivity and reassurance where it is needed. To know Kate Lumpkin is to know that you are enough and that you have value. I got the goosebumps. Oh and I had already read that. <laughs> Kate is red, folks, um, but smiling. Oh, my heart. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. My heart, too. And it's not even about me. My heart is exploding. Oh, my God. Who? Who? Oh, my God. This feels like someone who must be a very close friend of mine. Yes. Um, I'm nodding. <laughs> okay. I feel like I want to ask like 20 questions. Like, is this a person I've worked with before? Oh, that could be a fun way to amp this game up. Can we but I it? probably, I might not know the answer, honestly. That's fair. That's fair. This was a, a creepier move for me because I didn't totally know this person. Whereas I was really, I'm good friends with Shawnee. So I just texted her. <laughs> so you were like, girl, what do you have to say? I'm like, this is a DM. <laughs> this is a DM. No, Shawnee was like, Shawnee said so much to say. All great things. But yeah, this this is someone I don't totally know. You do, I hope. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I just walked into Pearl Studios and, uh, and like, found someone in the corner. Does anyone know anything about Kate Luckin? Do you have an opinion? Anyone? <laughs> Hello, person pooping in the corner in, in Pearl Studios. Do you know? Do you know that story? That was not my holding room. Okay. Oh, wow. I should probably, just so everyone knows listening at home, look that up. If you don't know about the famous, infamous poop in Pearl Studios. Pearl Pooper. The Pearl is, Pooper. Is that who said this kindness? Did you figure out who the Pearl Pooper <laughs> yes, was? Yes, the PP. They, they, had to, they had to redeem themselves. Oh my gosh. Um, is it Brian? No. Is it Joseph? No. Oh my, is it my husband? <laughs> yes, it's Craig. It's Craig? It's my it's husband? It's Craig, yeah. I creeped. It's Craig. How did you even <laughs> find him? He's so private. I mean, I like to do research that helps me out. I already have seen, like, I follow you. So I've, I've seen your videos, all this amazing stuff. And I was just refreshing and, and looking through. And all these, like, pictures were warming my heart. There was, like, a wedding post or something. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I should get him. I should try to get him. So I messaged him. And he was so kind. He got back to me a couple of days later. He's like, sorry, I don't really check these. But, like, of course. And then he sent this beautiful oh. paragraph that I'll send I'm to you. the luckiest person on the planet. That's my you partner. Are. Who talks about their partner like, uh, <laughs> wow, I could, I could do a whole thing about him as well. <laughs> oh, that, that could be your podcast. <laughs> you guys no, you guys are a power couple. Let's be real. So I hope that was fun. That was my last one. I wanted to end I, with him. I love that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> just to kind of wrap this up. I would love if you could just give me a random quote or compliment that you think would empower someone. I just want everyone, everyone to honor that their point of view is valid and that the journey that has gotten them to the place where they understand who they are, what they stand for and how they express themselves is their own to navigate. And that it's beautiful. Even if there are moments that you wish didn't exist or things that you want to change about yourself, that is the most beautiful part of all of this journey. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be twisted but it's really important work and I see you and I value that you're doing that important work. And I hope that you find fulfillment 
in that work. Hmm. That was beautiful. Can I ask you a favor? Yes. Will you give yourself a compliment? What do oh. you like yourself today? Oh, wow. You know what's really funny? This is me deflecting. I made myself a cup of tea before we chatted, and it was one of those fun yogi teas. And I was so excited to talk to you that it was getting to the same point where it gets with auditions, when you're so excited about something that you can start to like self-sabotage. Be mm. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to waste her time. She's not going to have fun, whatever. And so I look at my little tea, the paper that's attached to the end. I don't know what you call that. Someone look that up and text me. And it, it said, everlasting impact with compassion and kindness is called mm-hmm. love. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what are, what are the odds that it would say something like that? So I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I do love that I always try to be kind to everybody, no matter what the situation is. I've always tried to be that way since I was little. So yeah, I, I always try to lead with kindness. That's something I, I love about myself. And uh I love that I treat myself after auditions to schmackeries to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Wait, what's your favorite schmackeries cookie? <gasps> oh, that's a tough question. I love so many of them. They have There's only one right answer. Oh, oh leave meeting, leave meeting. Um, okay, now I feel like I have to think of a good one. I haven't now- had this. Well, I love the s'mores. Sure, sure, sure. I love the s'mores. I love like their funfetti like cake one. Oh, you like the really sweet ones. I love all of them. Yeah. Sweet what's your favorite? I'm a sweet corn through and through. I almost said sweet corn, but I couldn't remember if sweet corn was momofuku or no, smackeries. No. I'm a cookie connoisseur. Honey, okay, that is okay. that corn and cranberry and Ooh. cornbread base. <gasps> oh, honey, you better hit me with a sweet and a savory at the <gasps> same time. Okay, Come if on. you like that, this is a hack my dad taught me. You buy the Jiffy corn mix, the, the blue box, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's used for like corn muffins. Oh, you... I know the Jiffy box. Oh, okay. Then you might know this. You make them as pancakes and it tastes very similar to the cookie. And you let them be like a little raw. Pardon Woo! me. <laughs> Pardon me. That is incredible. I'm sweating. I'm so excited now. Yeah. <laughs> Try it. Try it and let me know. This uh, episode of the AOK yes. brought to you by Schmackeries. Not actually, but please go get a Schmackeries cookie. Yes. Remember We're everything. <laughs> when you eat Schmackeries, everything's going to be A-OK. That's the, the tagline. The tagline of the century. Ah, I miss it. That's why. That's one reason I do miss in-person auditions because I always try and do this, guys. Go treat yourself after you do anything where you put yourself out there. Reward yourself and and be kind to yourself because life is short. We never know how much time Eat we have left. Mm-hmm. Eat dessert first. That's why I'm gonna leave this. Or Taco way. Bell. <laughs> Ooh, I have not a Taco that's Bell. That's mine. When they opened that Taco Bell under Pearl, that was that was it, man. Oh that was, yes. That was, that was the end of me. They, <laughs> My demise. Do they still have? They used to have like little churros that you could get. They would have them in a bag. It was like I a side. They still do the churro. I don't know. I don't know. But it's the best fast food for vegetarians. And so everyone on my team knows that when we do a really long day, we as a team get treated to Taco Bell. Oh, wow. I did a production of Spring Awakening and we, our house manager so kindly on a two-show day treated us to Mexican in between. And the person decided to get Taco Bell, which was like, nice. Oh, God. Not, I was like... I was good that day. I was like, do not eat too much of this. Yeah, that I can say some people had to run show. off stage. Some people had to run off stage. That is an interesting <laughs> eating, eating Taco Bell in between on a two-show day. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the last time I had it, I think. So now you know. The more you know. <laughs> Mag Super Short Show. Did you watch that? Of course. Come oh. on. Okay, good. I loved that. Disney Kid. Disney Kid. Disney. That was Disney Kid, not Nickelodeon. That was Disney. 
That was, that was definitely Disney. Disney. Yep. Yeah, yep. Alison Stoner, and I forget his oh, name. Talk oh, about nice. someone who's making a huge impact on social media. Alison yes. Stoner's social media is life-changing. It's life-changing. Yes. She's phenomenal. And so is yours. Please remind everyone where to follow you. So it's at Kate Lumpkin, Instagram and TikTok. You can, um, I am highly Googleable. So yes. if you Google me, my website pops right up, um, but it's kate-lumpkin.com and you can find all my information on coaching and casting and all of that jazz there. And you can email me from there, all the things, but at Kate Lumpkin, it's where you're going to find me. And do find her because it will, <laughs> it will change your life. Kate, you are the best. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being here and just being you. Thank you for creating this space and for having these conversations. If I would have heard this when I was 15, it would have changed my whole life. Oh. These conversations are really important and I'm really glad you're cultivating them. Thank you for having me. I hope you get thank Dolly you. Parton next. Oh, I, I, have you been to Dollywood? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my, you have? <gasps> Talk about food. Okay, do you have another hour? There's, did, did you have the cinnamon bread? I, I mean, I ate the house down. <laughs> Two doors down. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. Kate Lumpkin. Honestly, someone please give her a book deal already. As I mentioned, Kate was one of the first guests I secured for this show. So when I went to go edit the episode together, it had been a little while. So long that I forgot I had already edited a good portion of the episode. I literally went and edited it twice. (laughs) But this inspired your kindness tip of the day which is to plan ahead. It's both kind to yourself and to others to plan ahead because it shows you value the crazy ticking that we all abide by called time. And even though it didn't work when I tried to plan ahead and do myself a solid by editing this episode, I still appreciate myself for it. If you know you have a busy time coming up, plan ahead so when the time comes, there's less pressure on you. The same goes for if one of your loved ones is entering a busy spell. For instance, when I'm in tech week for a show... For those non-theater peeps out there, Tech Week is the final week prior to opening a show when all the technical elements are inserted and everything comes together. It's also known as Hell Week because they are long days, (laughs) although I've always loved it. Anyway, whenever I'm in Tech Week, Cassie will always support me so much. She'll pick up some of the chores that I usually do or handle dinners, so there's less for me to worry about. In the same vein, Cassie... I know, I can't stop talking about her. (laughs) Cassie was teaching in grad school, tutoring, and choreographing a show at one point. Superwoman, right? And honestly, I'm probably leaving something out. So while she was so busy, I was sure to plan dinners and have them waiting for her when she came home. I just really tried to take off the burden as much as I possibly could. Now, I know, for some people, planning actually adds more stress because they hate doing it, but it doesn't have to be anything meticulous. Planning looks different for everybody. No need for spreadsheets or calendars, unless that's your jam. Even just thinking ahead actually really helps. And speaking of thinking ahead, we have lots more wonderful episodes coming your way this summer, so stay tuned, and until next time, remember, everything's gonna be A-OK. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.